Hey guys, this is Brian. And this is Jesse. And we run Reconciled Media. We create reformed, presuppositional, and post-millennial content. Check out Reconciled Radio, where we've interviewed guests like Joel McDermott and Darren Doan. And the Alpina Antithesis, where we engage with the issues and events around our community from a full-orb, faith-for-all-of-life, Christian worldview. Both shows can be found on Apple Podcasts at Reconciled Media. Go to Facebook.com slash Reconciled Media to stay up-to-date with our latest content, memes of the week, and our Reconciled recommendations. Thanks, and go cultivate a kingdom culture. Welcome back to Awakening Reformation, where Reformation awakens now. My name is Grant, and joined with me, as always, is my beautiful wife, Erica, the weaker vessel. Hello, everyone. We are in a car. Sitting in New York City traffic. And we were having a conversation and thought, let's just hit record and get an episode recorded out of the way. Yeah, we redeem the time. Exactly. So if you want to get to know more about our podcast... You can go to rebelalliancemedia.com to find out all about the network that we're a part of. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and you'll get all the rest of our content in the network. And if you are so inclined to financially contribute to us, go to patreon.com slash rebelalliance, and you can do that there. So this is going to be our unplugged and untapped? This is... This is, that is how awakening. They say it? Uh, yeah. Well, we won't edit this one. We'll keep it raw. And raw. So yeah, watch your say, language. This is, <laughs> this is awakening reformation raw. So that's what you're gonna get this time. So if you hear um, us screeching on the brakes or someone honking at us, if welcome hear, to New York. If you hear Erica gasp, <laughs> as I often someone do. may be cutting us off. Yeah, we are on a highway going. 20 miles an hour, speed limit's 50, and this is just a normal day on the Belt Parkway. Indeed. But we were having a good conversation about shepherding families. Kind of, yeah. And Well, just like complementarian roles, like how, how to set up a home. Yeah, and I know we kind of talk about gender roles pretty frequently, but... We haven't just, in a while, though. Yeah, we've done the Covenant Theology and some other stuff. It has been a while, huh? So we can do it again. Yeah. Well, it always comes up, and it's so practical, right? Everyone deals with this all the time, so... Yeah, it's true. I always feel like I need to, like, read another marriage book or read something that I've read before that was really helpful again, like, every six months or once a year, just to, like, be refreshed and renewed with all this stuff well i think because it is so crucial to like how you live your life um gender roles and rightly understanding gender roles is so important because it it literally plays into everything you do like how you spend your money um how you set up your home how you parent your children how you spend your time all of that stems from how you view gender roles and we were just talking about well, for those of you who don't know, our kids have been out of town for the summer, a large portion of the summer. Yeah, about a month. They've been spending time with my mom, um, which is very normal. They typically go to my mom and dad's house in the summertime for a few weeks. Because we're a military family, they don't get to see my family very often. There goes a car. Yep, there's part of your... Uh... <laughs> yeah, we'll keep that in. Um, 
so they don't get to spend a lot of time with my family because we have never had the chance to live very close to them. So we've kind of always just like set it up to where they can go spend a lot of quality time with my family during the summer, which is great. It's great for my family. It's great for our kids. They make awesome memories. Yeah. And I never had deep relationships with my grandparents. And so when... And I did. And I still do. Yeah. So it was very important for me that my kids had the same thing. Well, that's kind of a common thing, right? Like go to go to grandma and grandpa's for the summer or go to this... You know what I mean? Isn't that... That's kind of yeah. like a common uh, thing It's like summer culture. camp for grandpa and grandmas. I yeah. Feel like. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so we're just talking about like picking them up because we're going to um, go drive to Wisconsin yeah. uh, this weekend and pick up our kids, which means setting up new routines and new schedules. And even with like the fall coming up, school is fixing to start mm-hmm. in a couple weeks. Yeah. And just getting into good habits, good schedules, good routines, all that stuff. Life rhythms. Yeah. Get back into the rhythm of everything. And just starting good disciplines. Right. Like spiritual disciplines right away and things like that. So we were just talking about that and things that we wanted to do and things that we were trying to make sure, bad habits, we were trying to make sure we didn't fall back into, right. things like that. And um, so we thought, let's just record this. Yeah. Why not? So we were talking about men and leading. And yeah. I I know as, as the man, as the leader, that... I mean, we're even 10, 10 years into where we have kids. Lila is almost 10. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm nowhere near perfect, but we were just talking about the fact that it really does take diligence and thoughtful effort by men in order to be the leader that they're called to be. We see from, we see that this role of being the leader is given to Adam and then to all men in the beginning of Genesis and then in Ephesians 5 and there's some of those classic texts that complementarians point to to show the leadership that men are supposed to do but we were talking about how and I can attest to this for myself that men just don't put that effort and they just don't know what they're doing it's like they're not intentional sometimes yeah or or it's like men are so focused on keeping their family happy, yeah. making sure the wife is happy so that there's no discord in the marriage or in the family. <laughs> you go, man. Get it. You go um, flying at 40 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but they're so focused on keeping the family happy that they're not, that their focus is off. They're not focusing on what they should be, which is to make sure their family is acting holy. Right, so so I want to say two things at this point. One is a pet peeve of mine. Okay, let's hear it. And one of my pet peeves is I hate that phrase, happy wife, happy life. Yeah, I do too. I hate it. it makes the wife like an ogre and the man a coward. Exactly. And dudes uh, adopt this whole, you know, full sale. And I call it out anytime I see it. One of my coworkers brought this up recently and I was like yeah I just really don't like that (laughs) and of course that always you know kind of perks someone's ears like wow he makes to he likes to make his wife mad make his wife angry I mean sometimes I feel like you do (laughs) (laughs) but it does it totally puts the man automatically in the submission role not the leader role and it shouldn't be I either make my wife happy happy or I'm a tyrant 
Like, that's not the two options. Right. There's godly leader or there's cowardly, you know, follower because it's not your role. Well, okay. So here's a for instance. Like, a for instance would be, hey, I really think that we should do this, this, and this. And the wife says, no, I don't want to do that. I'd rather X, Y, and Z. And the guy's like, well, I don't think we should do that. But if you really want to, that's fine, I guess. Well, what, what just happened? Like, she made the decision, she led yeah. the family, and he gave his opinion, but then relented and submitted to her and her will. And, like, it's just the opposite. Like you said, it should be the wife who's submissive, airing her concerns. Like, he, the husband ought to, like, value the input of his wife if she's a godly woman, that, yeah. like, she might have some intuition or some wisdom to offer. But ultimately, the decision should be him. And it's not like, hey, what does the man feel like doing? It's what is the godly choice in this situation? So it should be in a case of like, I don't know, educating your kids or something. If, if the husband says, Hey, I really want you to homeschool our kids. And I've heard this from several people, actually, like I'm okay. a part of several homeschool, um, community pages on Facebook. And there are a lot of women. I'm always surprised that will get on there and say, my husband really, really wants me to homeschool our kids. And I just don't feel called to it. And I don't feel like I can do it. And I want to submit to my husband, but I just don't think I can. And so to these women's credit, like they do understand, like I should submit to my husband. Mm-hmm. I ought to, um, you know, like, at loving, least that's going through their mind. Loving, lovingly support him in his plan for our family. Like, that's good good for them. Yeah. But oftentimes, I think it's probably the other way around. Oftentimes, I feel like it's whatever the woman wants to do. If the woman doesn't feel like she can homeschool or the woman wants to, um, you know, I don't know, pick, go, on, go to this one place for vacation or wants to put a deck on the back of the house or whatever it is, whatever the woman wants to do, typically that's what happens, right? Because men are just like, I don't want to fight with her. Right. I don't I don't want to have that fight. This is not the hill to die on, so Yeah, so whatever. so give her what she wants. Yeah. But the problem with the I don't want to have that fight right now attitude is ultimately cowardice, right? Yeah, and I think if you're a wife and you want your husband to lead, then he needs to start somewhere. So, and it might not be pretty at first. And it, yeah, it may not be pretty at first. But allowing him to just make the decision of where you're going to eat that night, if you're going out or something, or just something little, will at least help him see, oh, how, that's how that's done. You yeah. know? And, um, and because it's something that's not a gigantic life decision, you know what I mean? There, the consequences weren't... Like, if you have Mexican as opposed to Italian, like, you'll you'll be fine. There's not going to be any fallout from... Well, I guess there right. could be if you eat bad Mexican, but... Like, if you didn't think... <laughs> if you didn't think through a decision and he came home and all of a sudden said, I want you to homeschool, and that was the one that you're going to let him just... Uh, okay, then we're going to do that. But you do it and you're not prepared and it's just kind of a rash decision... There could be consequences that you're like, maybe we should have taken some more time 
Well, no, because uh, if he is it. because if he is still leading well, if he says to his wife, "Hey, I think we should homeschool," yeah. and she's unprepared or whatever, well, then he needs to lead his family and he needs to help yeah. her prepare, which could mean picking out a curriculum that works for their family, yeah. or helping her get organized. And those are all things that I think are a mother's responsibility, but it's also a father's responsibility to make sure his children are educated properly and in in a godly way. So if he's leading, it doesn't mean just saying, here's another responsibility to put on his wife's shoulders. It means, hey, I'm, I'm taking on this weight, I'm taking on this responsibility, and I'm asking you to come alongside of me in this. And then she submits, and together they, they accomplish the goal, not yeah. just... I was kind of more talking about a guy that's like starting to get used to being a leader. Like, maybe don't start with a really big decision. Um, if you're trying to, I don't know. I think encourage I think, your husband to. Yeah, I mean everything starts off with baby steps, right? But like, yeah, that's if your I husband thought. does come home and says, "Hey, I think we should homeschool," I wouldn't be like, "Well, let's start off with baby steps first. Where we want to eat dinner tonight?" Like, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, in some situations, depending on the family's, you know, maybe Dynamic. maybe it is going to be a big decision, and it needs to be made right now. Yeah. Well, and everyone's at different. At different places when it comes to this too, so yeah. But that was that was. No, I, uh, I get what you're instance. saying. Yeah. But um, so another thing um, that we were talking about is kind of you were kind of alluding to it, but the protecting time and just like structuring rhythms in in a specific way. And so for the man, he should be making sure that his wife and children are discipled, right? Yeah, that should be number one. Number one. And so if he says, hey, I'm going to go do catechism with the kids or I'm going to, um, you know, we need to do family worship here in the next couple minutes or whatever. The he needs to stand firm on that. That needs to be something like, no, there, there is nothing else, you know, that should be done before this. We have you have to allow that. I mean, you have to. Yeah. Stand firm on that. That's something you should not waver on. Yeah, that's one thing I think that you're much better at than I am. Like, at the end of the day, if we do family worship at night, I'm mm-hmm. easily, like, spent. You know, like, yeah. my day is spent. I am typically... Rung out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those kids ring you out. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So... Well, and you, you, you invest a lot into them all day long. So, I, I totally understand when... I'm all excited because I've just been at work away from family all day and then I get excited to be with you. I'm excited to do this with the kids and, you know, you don't share the same level of but this is excitement. Where, this is where we have learned for our family that family worship in the morning works so much better. And obviously sometimes it's a little bit crazier because you have to go to work by a certain time. Right. But if we are diligently making good family routines and family habits like we'll wake up at this time right breakfast is ready at this time then we can sit at the table in the yeah. morning and it everyone's really well full of energy ready for the day mm-hmm. everyone's happy there's coffee for mom and dad and like that is so much more pleasant if our routines are yeah. are set you know well and i i do think there is something beneficial maybe if it's not as long as the morning but doing some sort of little reading or something with the kids before they go to bed. Yeah. It is a good just kind of ritual to wind down and 
to get it into And their... you've done that since Lila was yeah. a baby. I mean, she was yep. in a crib when you started reading to her. Mm-hmm. It just winds them down and helps their brains know bedtime is now here, you know? Mm-hmm. But this, this is um, not just like, you know, the, the husband has to lead, but also this is a whole rebellion against the feminist culture, too, which is a complementarian woman needs to learn to be gentle and quiet in her spirit. And those are things that, like, our culture especially, and if you grew up in a non-Christian home, for instance, that concept of, like, the woman being a gentle, quiet spirit, not being the one in charge, not being the one who insists on her way, Mm -hmm. not, you know, being the bully and making sure things get done on her time and her particular fashion, um, that's, like, totally countercultural. It's it's not how women are raised. It's not how society views um, a woman's role. So... And what they should be strong in is is their expectations of their husband, right? Well, and their faith in their husband. Like, if a man is is ferociously protecting and leading and guiding his family and his getting his way doesn't mean making sure he's happy but it means his family's being led in holiness right then why would a woman not trust her husband because now what we do for dinner or when the deck gets put on or whatever the issue is isn't like what i want versus what you want it's what is going to advance the kingdom yeah and so really in a lot of this is where your focus is when it comes to the kingdom, right? Right. Like, just basic discipleship. Like, where does that fall on your priority list? Because there are a whole lot of hobbies and extracurriculars well, and that good people things. take very, part of. Very good things, yeah. like extended family, like the grandparents or right. mm-hmm. the cousins or whatever. Those are all good things and blessings and friendships and birthday parties and all kinds of great stuff that could um, still creep in and ruin your kingdom building. You know, if you're constantly busying yourself with um, birthday parties or sports, sports or I mean, anything really that even though they're not necessarily sinful, it it can be sinful. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you need to be careful, careful. But the thing I was going to say about men leading and, Uh and deciding like, Okay, when we put the deck on, when we, uh, where we're going to go to church or how we're going to educate our children or whatever it is, those are all like decisions that are made by a military leader. Like when you're plotting out your next move as a family, yep. it should be the, the military person in charge who makes those kinds of decisions. And we know that God has created men to be the warrior, to be the leader of the home. So it would just make sense then that the father would be the one to plot out the next course. Yeah, he's the commander who is going to write up the operations order and right. tell everyone where they where they need to be in order to complete the mission. But a woman wasn't created to be a warrior in that sense, you know? That's not a woman's role. Right. A woman's role is to be the submissive wife who's preparing her home. Well, and that's submission, right? You are falling underneath the mission of another. and. God even said that he was going to create for Adam a helpmate to help him in what he told Adam to do. Mm-hmm. 
not create Eve and she goes and does whatever she wants to do and maybe you know her and Adam you know their their paths may just happen to cross or something yeah and it doesn't mean that the woman doesn't have like a really good idea either you know it doesn't mean that because a woman should be submissive that she can't suggest something to her husband like hey this homeschooling curriculum looks really great what do you think about this let's try this one or like even right now we're on our way to get our our vehicles oil changed and some tires put on or whatever like those were things that in my mind I'm like okay this needs to get done before we take our big trip what do you think should we go do that now and you know you decided like let me look at my schedule this week yep today's gonna be a good time let's go do that right away like there are there is a relationship there it's not like you're my boss and I just do whatever you say that's not well and there's plenty of things you suggest that are like that's a really good idea for a different day and we do yeah you know and if I said well I really needed to do this today and so do you think it'd be fine or work out if we do it this day I mean we do that all the time right and I think you are a wonderful helpmate in that way because not only do you have incredibly good ideas all the time but um, but you do allow for me to uh, you let me lead you know what I mean? You let me say Not no. as much as I ought to, though. <laughs> and there's... It's a work in progress. Go on. What? <laughs> but you, um... You let me lead. You let me, you know, say no or to adjust the plan. And at the same time, I do want to think of... Um... How it affects the family and... Will it make it more of a burden on you and the kids or not? Or... You know and not I mean? even just, like... Not even making decisions based on emotions, which I think is no. probably one of the biggest pet peeves of you and I in our relationship, or even when we have like friends or family, when they make decisions, even very godly people who intend well, yeah. decisions are often made for emotional reasons, not because of principle, you know? Like, should we go visit family on principle? Should we go, you know, to this, they vac- go to this vacation thing, like for a principal reason, because we're rejoicing in the Lord. He's given us blessings. We have time off. Yeah. Let's go for a season of refreshing on this vacation. Or is it going to put us in financial hardship? Is it not wise for us right now? Because, you know, grandma's in the hospital and probably going to pass soon. So let's stay here. And like, Or I've been gone a whole bunch and we did this this weekend and that that weekend. And then really, sh- do we need to do this again? Like, sometimes we make decisions based on emotion, like, oh, I want to do that. That would that would be fun, but it's not wise. Or uh-huh. this person expects me to yeah, do yeah, this, yeah. so I better not let them down. Or whatever, but I don't now, want to hurt their feelings. Yeah, yeah. And it's all decisions based on emotion rather than what has God called you to. And called, I mean, like, literally in the in the truest, most biblical sense of that word, <laughs> called. God has called you to tend to your home if you're a woman. And God is, yeah, first and foremost, like your home is your battlefield. Like that's where you are raising up soldiers and raising up arrows. And you should be cultivating a nurturing environment where godliness is everywhere. Yeah. And men do, should not be leading by their feelings either. They should not be leading their family because you feel like tacos tonight. And so that's just what we're going to do. And I don't care what anyone says. I'm the leader. Or in your career. Like, because we're kind of facing yeah. that right now, having to make some decisions about your career. Uh-huh. Um, 
for those of you who don't know, Grant's in the Army, and he's coming to a crossroads now where he needs to decide if he's going to re-up his contract or if he's going to get out. And a lot of it, if we were to make decisions based on feelings or, you know... Uh, that would just depend on what day of the week it was. Yeah, but <laughs> it's like, but wh- how, where and how is God going to use you to advance his kingdom? Mm-hmm. And that's how you ought to make your decisions as a leader, right? Like, Yeah, principles. You guide your life by biblical principles, not by feelings. Those change all the time. And feelings can be a terrible taskmaster. Right. Feelings are a terrible tyrant. And um, you got to have, I mean, we say it all the time. And by what standard? You know what I mean? Yeah. So how do you lead men? You lead by a standard. So you go to God's word and... Um, lead them, you lead your family towards those um, kingdom building ends. I think you have to look, take an honest look at the welfare of your wife and your children and say, are they flourishing, right? And ask them. If you really don't know and you really are not sure. Well, if you really don't know if they're flourishing, then you're already failing. Well, I mean, like, is one more weekend, you know, I I can't tell if this is a burden or not, you know? Yeah. Would you, would you, um, encourage them to ask? Like, maybe is this weekend too much? Is this because we were gone last weekend and, you know, I kind of want to say no. What do you think? I mean, I think you need to. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad thing, but I think Mm -hmm. that you need to whether whether or not your wife says I can handle it, because most women will say I can handle it. Most women don't want to be lazy. I think most godly women want to do like as much as they can pour themselves out, you know, so I think that's when the husband needs to come in and just say, I know you can do it, but it's not wise for you to do it. That's good. Yeah. I know you can, you know, do another baby shower at the church, but I don't think it's they wise. They need to let someone else do I it. I think it's time you let someone else do it and you just take a break. Yeah. Because, you know, 15 baby showers in one month is a lot for one person <laughs> right. or whatever, you know? Like, that's a fruitful group. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we run in Presby circles. True. So... But that's where I think the husband needs to just not take so there things can be at a face more, value and just be yeah. like, but because you know your wife, you know, you should, you should know your wife better than uh, anyone else. So there, there should be a more proactive guarding and shepherding of and the husband. Protect, yeah, I was going to say, he needs to protect, protect his wife. Yeah. Protect her against overexhaustion. Yeah. And I, and actually now that, uh, you know, hearing you answer that way, the, the more I think about it too, is the more questioning like that from the husband can kind of lead him down into that well I just want a happy wife right. mentality again rather than just being proactive and saying yeah no no more you can catch the next one or or whatever. Well in an age of like Instagram and pin, like Pinterest especially women are often fed this lie that like we are what we create and to some extent that's kind of like a biblical concept like we're told to be fruitful and multiply so yeah. like there is that that little bit of truth to that lie but not the way the world tells us like we are what we create is completely like false you know we are successful when we can create the most beautiful house we are the most successful when we can look the thinnest and Mm -hmm. the most beautiful we are successful when we can look like we have it all and everything is clean and orderly and perfect yeah and I think that translates into like how women 
organize their life too because we always want to do more you know we want to do more than the next woman we want to seem like we're accomplishing more we want to seem like our kids are smarter and our marriages are happier and like and that's when the husband just needs to like take a good look and say you're doing a lot but is it actually helping to build the kingdom or is it keeping us from being fruitful in other areas you know what i mean yeah well and a lot of our culture would say a woman even just having kids and being homeward focused anyway is like oppression right (laughs) but that's where woman is fruitful that's where that idea of a woman is what she creates that's her glory yeah like the bible says that a woman like well her home is her fortress right Right, like she's building her home that's a that's a proverb so when we are building our home it literally means like building up our families building up godly children who are going to be warriors and strengthening strengthening our marriage and making sure our home is a place for hospitality to bring in the weary and the sojourners and a place for evangelism and discipleship and all those things like a woman ought to create a place where that is natural yeah and prevalent and a man a man will lead in a way that will make that easy yeah he should right he yeah should a man should lead in a way that makes that easy but that's what i'm saying like he needs to take an honest look at his wife and say like i do want you to be a home builder Uh but i need to make sure that as you're building your home you're not also you know out into the villages making sure everyone else is building their homes correctly too true like focus on your home first and then if you can disciple someone and pull them in great yeah that's a biblical concept too um but but mind your home first which means your husband and your children yeah and you know what we we're in a day too where there are a lot of studies being done about kids walking away from the faith and you see adults get involved with ministries at church with their peers a lot and i just don't wonder if they had just not done that and spent more time investing in their kids and discipling their kids, would we have this epidemic now, you know? Yeah. If it wouldn't be flipped. Yeah, it's true. So, priorities is really kind of what we're talking about. But you, like you said earlier though, by what standard? Because you can walk into any Christian church and say, hey, what should my priorities look like? And it is, more than likely going to be very different than what scripture actually would say your priorities ought to be as a husband or as a wife yeah or as a a christian family you know our culture is so good at giving us their word you know and their their creed yeah and um and so we grow up thinking everyone needs to be in this or in that or in that school in this kind of Your kid should be in a sport. Your kid should be taking a second language. Your kid should be, you know, playing an instrument. And all that's going to take you out of the home, away from your focus. Not yeah. saying those things are bad. Right, and that's the thing, though. They take all these good things and turn them into ultimate things and pile them up on top of each other. So then the family comes home and goes, we just need to go to bed. And then there's like... Let's get some fast food on the way home. Yeah. When did, when did discipleship happen? Yeah. And we're going to get into this later on too, but we're in the middle of writing something about feasting. Yeah. And one of the things that you see is so popular in scripture is this idea of, of like feasting and a family, especially a Christian family sitting down and enjoying food together. And it's such a spiritual thing, not spiritual in like a worldly 
way, but like literally it's pointing us, it's a shadow pointing us to something greater, which is fellowship with Jesus. And so I think it's really interesting how when we're organizing our homes wrongly and our priorities are wrong, what happens first is typically that people stop eating together. It's true. Yeah. And it's no surprise that Christians from the very beginning gathered around a table Yeah. and fellowship. So that's like a really good way to really, if you, if you don't know what, what the temperature of your home is right now, if you really are confused, ask yourself, how often are we doing family worship? And what we mean by family worship is how many times a week are my family, all of them, all the little butts, all the big butts, sitting down together, <laughs> reading God's word, yeah. worshiping God together. How often does that happen? How often does that happen? And then yeah. after that, how often do we sit down at our kitchen table, our dining room table, and eat a meal to the glory of God together. Yeah. So there's your, there's your, uh, what do you call that? Diagnosis? That's how you can... Yeah. That's how you can try and figure out what the temperature of your home is, I guess. Start there. Yeah. But it ought to be regularly. Definitely. Yeah. So, if you can't do either of those things, then you're too busy and you need to start cutting some things out of your life. And they might be, and they might be really good things, and they often are. Oftentimes, things that Christians fill their lives with are great things that could be used as gifts from God. But when the gifts are elevated to a position that they shouldn't be at, now it's called idolatry. Yeah, exactly. So don't take a good gift from God and make it an idol. Yeah, and the Psalms talk about becoming what we worship, and. When we worship idols, what was said in in the Old Testament, I think it's Isaiah, he says, you know, you're worshiping these little figures who have no ears, no mouths, they can't smell, they can't see, and you are now spiritually deaf, blind, and, you know, inanimate, right? Your faith is dead. Yeah. And that's what happens when we... And you can see that when you look at our culture. Worship like, idols. all these cultural Christians who live in the south especially people that call themselves christians but their faith is so dead because the, what they're worshiping really is an idol it's yeah. not the true and living god they've made a god of their own in their own imaginations and that's the god they're worshiping and they're pouring their life out for well that's why worship in most of the american church is entertainment because they worship entertainment the, yeah because we worship entertainment yeah it's so true so this has been a very all over the map kind of conversation. Yeah, but I don't know. What are we gonna call this one? Just like marriage and family checkup or something? Probably just like conversations and conversations on the belt line. On the belt parkway. Yeah. <laughs> conversations in between uh, car crashes. Yeah, right. Car crashes and we haven't seen a crash yet. This is good. We did see someone fall off a bike. From heat exhaustion. Yeah, that was that was. Well, I'm assuming it's heat exhaustion. I didn't stop to ask them. Well, yeah. You guys, literally, I know. You know, you you probably can imagine that New York City is weird, but it really is weird. It really is weird, guys. Like it's there's like something here that tells people, like, lose your mind. Yes, just you know that weird thing you thought of, and you were like, oh, I probably shouldn't do that in public. Well, here. You just go ahead and do that. We it's like everyone it. gets that. Uh, yeah, we encourage that. And just the stuff you see. 
I can't it's even. It's just so odd. You're like, wow, you left your front door and you just didn't worry about any of that? <laughs> Maybe you should start worrying about some of that. Yeah, this is where shame comes a long way. <laughs> Seriously. All right. Well, are you good to, to close this one out? Yep, I'm good. Awesome. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening to Awakening Reformation Raw, unplugged and uncut. And, uh, Unedited. Yep. This is why we edit, y'all. Yeah, this is... It's painful, isn't it? Sorry. Anyway, thank you for listening. We pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened by the power of the Spirit. Until next time, get woke.